Hey, welcome back to the Luis Hunting Strategies Podcast. This is Levi. We're out without Wes this, well, today on this podcast. We have a special guest here, Wade Borman. Uh, he is, would you say, the owner of Gator Outdoors? Yes. Uh, yeah? Yep, yep. Thanks for having me. Um, I am the owner of Gator Outdoors. Started back in 2017. And how did that come about? Uh, Gator Outdoors actually originally... Um, was an idea that uh, a few of us had. Um, we, we always had our phone with us capturing stories and, and videos and pictures and different things where we're about hunting and fishing and doing whatever we're doing. And we thought one day, you know, let's just, you know, half-ass make something and see what we can do with it, you know, just like anybody else. Just like, you know, you starting a podcast, just like anything else, you know, small American dream. And uh, just took off with it. And originally it was uh, – um, we're going to try to make a website where you can buy outdoor hunting gear, do whatever you want. And then we decided, you know what? Everybody likes buying our own merch versus all the products we're selling more than, you know, than what we thought. So we just took off with that. And how many of there are you? So, um, as in like owners yeah, or no, I'm just the sole owner. So, oh, you're the sole yeah, owner. Yeah. So what's your plans? Uh, my plans actually for the future, I guess we're gonna get right into this, but my plans for the future actually are just to kind of have you know, a community of people that we can all gather around and have some fun with it and basically, you know, rep the brand, but yet also, you know, share our lifestyle with the public, um, get the youth involved, um, not really trying to make it big time with, you know, um, big spots or deals or anything like that. I mean, we've had a lot of people we've connected through with the industry and, you know, down the road, but, um, you know, really just capture the moments we have every fall and look back on them when we have kids, and when we grow up more and, you know, something to remember things by really. That's awesome. I like yeah, that. Yeah. So, okay. I know you sell, what do you guys sell? Sitka gear, right? No, actually, uh, um, the camouflage that we rep the most is true timber camo. Um, they're very close to our hearts is when we started out. Um, we don't have, you know, we didn't have much at the time and, you know, we wanted to put our logo on something that, you know, we used in the field. And at the time, True Timber was something that was affordable that would also let us co-brand. So um, it, they didn't charge us anything to, for us to do that. And um, they gave us good good deals on buying their merchandise where we can make it at a cost for the working class in our area that would be affordable. So, um, no, we, we did reach out to SICK in the beginning in those companies, and uh, we were way over our heads with them. So True Timber, you know. Locally here, I think, if I remember right, the owner of True Timber was born, actually, in Maquoketa, Iowa. And now now they're based out of South Carolina. So, yeah, I remember that right at the ATA show when I met them originally. So, we just kind of uh, linked up since then and, you know, always had a relationship. So, you don't ever have any plans in, uh, like, creating your own type of camo pattern? No, no, no. I mean, that that market's just so saturated, too. It's it's tough, you know. And so is this right here, what right. I'm doing. Exactly, you know. exactly. But I think what's awesome, what you're doing is everybody local here, you know, just really gravitates towards it. So, Well, and, and my thing is, is, you know, I don't like to tell anybody that I'm a ne- necessarily even a good hunter. I mean, I just enjoy getting out there. Same and here. I think that's what it's about. And that's why, just like you, yep. you know, started doing this because this is what we enjoy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe to kind of get into it uh, for the reasons why we're here talk about some big bucks and some land management <laughs> uh we were talking a little bit when you first got here and i was messing with the the receiver i didn't know if we were going to have this i was getting worried exactly well let's tell people what actually what we're doing right now so um right now we're actually at the riverview hotel here in bellevue and we're just going to have a fun night and it's going to be called uh deers and beers we're gonna do this every thursday and just get together with a group of people just to chug beers and talk about deer and even during season i mean some of us are probably going to shoot some deer on a Thursday or night, you know, in the evening, and they're going to be out tracking deer at night, so they're not going to be here, but or even me. But we'll have somebody here regardless, you know, at that night. So um, we're just going to do an event just to do raffles and giveaways of our, of our merchandise, of other companies that we support, um, giveaways. And we're going to do that every Thursday just to get together and maybe it would be cool to create a chapter out of it, you know. We can call it the Jackson County chapter. We can do one in Clinton County. We can do one in Dubuque County. Um, that's the kind of future I see with what we're where we're headed right now. But the facility we're at right now, what we're doing tonight is is uh, the start of you know something great. I think that we're going to go into all the way into late season. So um, you want to talk about big bucks? Um, 
What do you got on camera? <laughs> <laughs> what do I have on camera? What do you have on camera? Uh, I actually got a pretty big one here. I'll actually show you a picture of it. This thing, <laughs> my dad actually kind of, some guy the other day asked me, oh, what'd you name it? Well, I, I guess I didn't really think nothing of it. I kind of laughed and I'm like, I don't know what its name was when it was given at birth. And, uh, <laughs> but my dad likes to call it Bullwinkle because he's so wide. Oh, definitely. Yeah, this thing is a... A super wide. Yeah, I've got a few more pictures of them, but I'd have to scroll through my phone for the next five minutes to find them because I have a, a million things on here. Now, is this, this... I mean, is this a deer you've been watching or is this something that's uh, been new? So, I actually just got into archery hunting. I used to only primarily shotgun hunt with the group. Second okay, season. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, that's all I ever... Well, that's how I grew up. That's Same here. What I was yep, taught. Orange Army. Yep. And uh, so... This is, and our group kind of fell apart, sadly. We ended up last year with five guys, mm-hmm. and we were pushing the same timber three different ways, <laughs> you know, trying to kick deer out. And right. It worked. We had a little bit of success, but, I mean, it was really just a couple of the dumb deer that we got lucky with. <laughs> but either way, so this is my first year actually getting out there, and I put these cameras out, I would say, oh, man, it was really early. It was probably, I don't know, what is it? late may early june and i actually started putting the cameras out and i started catching i caught a smaller one that forked out and i haven't seen him in a while Mm -hmm. but then this one i've seen him on a routine on this both cameras that i have set out i don't have many cameras i just Mm -hmm. like i said i'm just getting started i want to see if i like the aspect of sitting in a stand Mm -hmm. i I think i will because i love the outdoors but so i keep catching him morning and night on a perfect routine and i hope that he's going to be there when season comes around here yeah i mean that's great i mean you i mean i've never had really i don't have cameras out that super early to be honest um just because they're growing so much and and really you know the ground i hunt and the way i um go about you know chasing whitetails is you know i'm closer to probably middle september before i really start hammering down on scrapes and, and cameras like that so um, for you to have deer early, that early that you're, you're going to start watching is, is pretty impressive, honestly. So, um, well, hopefully he sticks around for that time and doesn't take off from season because it sounds like that might happen. <laughs> yeah. My buddy, my buddy, uh, Wes, the one that does the podcast here with me, he was saying that he thinks it's probably gonna take off and go Roman once time comes, but yeah, there's a lot of does. I mean, maybe you'll head to my farm. I'm not sure where that's at <laughs> your place or mine, but it might just jump over the fence. I don't know how close you are to where this guy is, but he ain't he ain't too far from here. Actually, he's, he's over by. You don't have to say. Yeah. You don't have to say. Yeah, well, we're not going to say it for the podcast. No offense. Yeah, you anybody. can tell me after this. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll go door knocking. It doesn't bother me. Uh, we don't own them, right? Exactly. <laughs> it, well, that's the way I feel about it. I mean. Hey, I'm, I'm hoping to shoot this deer. And honestly, if he doesn't come around and another big buck comes, cause I've actually, I've only killed a couple, probably 140 class deer in my life. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, that's why I tell See, people I'm, <laughs> I'm not the deer hunter. I'm, I'm more of a bird hunter. Sure. And I, I think one, one big misconception that a lot of people have, especially when our neck of the woods, I mean, I mean, we are in the Mecca, right? We're in the Mecca of whitetails. I mean, that's, you know, that's our area. That's you know, where we're from. I mean, we're very fortunate to be here. That's why there's so many, you know, groups, things like what we're doing now, you know, like my business and your, what you're doing and, and different things. But, um, you know, people think that behind every tree, there's a 150 or bigger that are not from here. And that's not the case at all. I mean, for us to see a 150 or 160 or 170, anything, I mean, really think about it. I mean, how many times in your life, I mean, you see a deer like that and people think that they're well, and, everywhere just running around aimlessly. That's not the, that's not the case at all. Well, and, and like I go to people's houses that are big time hunters. I mean, they don't seriously, I mean, unless they're, well, and this is what I was going to get into is the land management. I mean, unless they've been managing the same property for, I mean, years and years, you know, their father started doing it or their grandfather started yeah. doing it. You know, that they're not really, I mean, they've got, 150s 160s up on the wall but they don't really have any like the huge monsters that right you see when you go to like the iowa deer classic and stuff right right no they're definitely around here it's just that you know they're you got to put the time in you got to find the areas that they're secluded and you know that they're you know not really getting 
you know, looked at too much. So, um, I know you were asking me before to not get off subject, but about the uh, land management and, uh, we'll go off that subject quick, but, um, that is another business we did start, um, this year. And, uh, with my good friend, Justin Sinus, um, he's the brains of the operation really. And, uh, is that the J and W management? Okay. I seen that on Instagram and Facebook. I, we just started that actually beginning of the year. And, um, really what started is I bought my own property, my own farm, and he did too as well. And we started buying, um, you know, just different machinery and different things and started going at it ourselves. And we have a lot of fun with it. Um, I have an environmental science background in college. Um, he's been dabbling with this stuff forever. And we just said, you know what, we've been, we might as well just open up to the public because there's a lot of people that want us to do things. So I said, well, let's just give it a shot and, you know, and we'll get a logo together and start putting stuff into paper. And we did. And, um, really this is our first year just of branching out and, getting contacts, getting referrals. We hope to hit the ground running pretty hard next spring and uh, really producing some good content of what we're doing. But And then spin off, too, with the Gator Outdoor stuff. So we have a lot of good contacts through that company and as well. So, you know, we'll just see where it goes. But it's a good side hustle. Both of them are. It's fun. We just love doing it. So, so if we don't even make a dime, who cares? Right. Are you, are you mainly just... Uh putting in food plots and scrape sticks and stuff like that for them or what what's kind of where do you go with it what's your yeah your... really yep yep so we're doing a lot of the land management so we're doing everything from um the field prep the field work uh hinge cutting we're doing we're actually you know we're cutting trees we're um yeah putting up the scrape sites we'll we'll um you know produce really anything that we need to produce with given the area you know that we have and um you know everything's situational every every piece of property is different so it really just comes down to what, what's missing, you know, you know, my, my farm alone, everybody around me is completely full of corn. I mean, there's so much corn around me. It's crazy. And just some late season planting, late season beans, simple as that. I mean, it's not really that much work planting some late season beans, having a mixture of other things, brassicas, you can have some turnips, some clover, you know, but if there's nothing else out there to eat besides the same breakfast they're having every single day, same supper every day. All of a sudden, you throw in a little dessert, you know, not far off. It doesn't even have to be that big, an acre, two acres, half acre for that matter. You know, they start producing, they start showing up regularly. I actually never would even have thought of that. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, I see some people, and I don't know if this is going to be a dumb question or not, but this is part of the reason also why I kind of want to do this podcast is so I can learn. I yeah. want myself to learn and other people to learn. Do you put them out into a field do you ever do you ever have an area inside of a small pocket of timber that was a pasture or something that you just okay let's put let's put some turnips here or put some beans in here to kind of keep them in to a certain area or yeah so sure sure I, I know what you mean there but it all i mean it depends um you know especially not beans especially not turnips but there's 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 different things we'll plant you know, inside timbers, but it's got to be, has, has, has to have the right kind of sunlight. You know, it can't have too much shading. Um, there's certain things you can plant that can, can actually handle that, but can I ask some you things what, can't. what would be an example of that? You know, to be honest, I think if I'm going to plant anything right now, um, we're having a lot of good luck. Um, I'm, I would say peas probably I've had a lot of good luck with peas. Um, I, I'm, you know, a lot of people are going to go, whoa, that's crazy. But to be honest, they grow very well. Um, you know, inside my timber especially, planting peas has been really great the past couple of years. So um, a lot of people don't think about that. So I wasn't expecting that yeah, answer. I was thinking yeah. you were going to say, like, winter, winter wheat or winter rye or something <laughs> crazy like that. I right. wasn't expecting you to right. say peas, especially, you know, yeah. later in the yeah, season. Yeah, I have some good I have some good sunlight through there and things like that that travels. But um and it's good. It's a good sizable spot. Um, but like our scrape stick sites too, I mean, that's really big. Um, a good friend of mine, actually good friends of mine, um, Kate Hoppenworth and Brandon, uh, Medlin, they both owned, I think, I think they still own scrape stick, but they sold out to Tacticam. I'm not really sure how that works, but I'll have to get a hold of them someday. But, um, what's really cool about the scrape stick setups we use, we'll just, we'll cut a cedar, you know, tree or branch, whatever. We'll stick it two, three, four foot in the ground we'll put it on the post and uh um you know we'll make a mock scrape 
set it up and put a camera, you know, somewhere off in the distance and a good setup for it. And it, it does really well. And we'll keep that as a community scrape all year round. Really. We'll keep it fresh pretty much all year round. Yeah. I think I seen you had that, uh, picture on your yeah. instagram page there that yeah. j what do you what is it called the j j and w habitat management so it's just in wade so yeah yeah little short and sweet um really corny so people can remember it yeah <laughs> um but yeah that we you know we, a lot of people give a shit for um all the scrape sticks we use but seriously i mean the a dynamite setup we, i mean we've had so much luck with them i mean you can't go wrong with it deer are very curious creatures so when they see this single lone tree in the middle of the field they come out of nowhere and they just stare at it. They want to get over there, check it out, rub their shit all over it, you know, piss on it, shit on it, and take off. So you get a pretty good setup somewhere, you know, maybe a transition area, get it get it out in open field with a good stand spot, good stand location. It's it's dynamite. That's interesting. So it's not too late to set one out because I was actually thinking no, about right now is actually out. probably perfect timing. Really. I mean, people right now are really hammering, putting cameras out right now and you know, those mock scrapes. Yeah. So I'm actually building deer blind right now. Uh, it's probably what I'm going to end up doing after the deers and beers here <laughs> after the podcast and the deers and beers, I'm probably going to go home and I'm going to start working on it. I want to get this thing done. I should have had it done a while ago, but yeah, it, things happened, you know, yep. life, life happened, life happened and I couldn't get to it right away. And, uh, I was just thinking of ways that I could get the deer out in front of me on a, how do I, how do I put this to, to get them in front of me and to get them to stop, you know, to not just cross over this ridge that I'm going to be setting up on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a place that I've had when I was turkey hunting, I had deer walk four feet from me. Mm-hmm. So I know that they're there. Right. Both my cameras are set up kind of in this area. So I was just wondering if that would be a good place to, you know, it's just grass. Yeah. If there's a cornfield on the backside of it, a couple pieces of timber on each side, and then it kind of, it's a long finger that goes back on the top of this ridge yeah. where I was going to set up at. And I was going to put, figure something out to get them to come by, stop, you know, you know, what's going on. Yeah. Like I said, a good transition area, you know, probably a perfect spot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, trying to be pampered with the deer blind, heated <laughs> and insulated. And, right. You know, I'm going right. to put a recliner in it. You know, I've, futon. I never, yeah, I never really used blinds most of my whole life. And, you know, the past three, four years, I'd, I did pick up a grizzly blind, um, a grizzly box blind out of Decora, and uh, fell in love with it. And actually, I'm going to pick up a shipment of uh, half a dozen of them on Monday or Tuesday next week. So I got a new one coming in for myself as well. But um, really good for late season. I mean, even early season as well. But if you can't, you don't have a good spot for a stand or anything. But um, I do like them a lot. But there's something about being, you know, 15 to 20, 25 feet up in a tree. I just love the most. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love comfort, but. I just love being a tree and just being a part of nature and that whole feeling, that whole that whole dance and emotion you have out there. I mean, <laughs> I was talking to my wife the other day, and she goes, hopefully you can tag out in that first day, and, and you always wish you can tag out that first day with that bucket, you know, of your dreams that you always want to. But in the back of my mind, I'm going, man, I hope it takes 15 to 20 days, you know, in my mind because I just love being out there. Yeah, you want to be out there. You want to be immersed. Yeah, I don't want to end in – 10 seconds but i also want to fill my tag like don't get me wrong but yeah i just love being out there and man it's just so so relaxing i don't know not to get you know no no i get it romantic here but no 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 that's how i feel (laughs) well that's how i feel when i'm turkey hunting you know i'm I'm, like i said i'm a big bird hunter and i tell you what there's nothing like getting out there and just like you said you want to kill that bird or you want to kill that buck but there's nothing better than sitting there listening to the birds wake up just watching the world work yeah. the way it should. So this is this morning. Oh, so I've had a mock scrape out in my field and the turkey population out of my area is getting so thick. It's getting so, it's just, it's, it's turning out so well. Um, the habitat we've been putting out there. So, do you, um, so this is going to be a, another kind of a dumb question. Do you manage? So, so along with managing for deer, does that just kind of correlate with everything else in the you area? Know, it really does. I mean, I mean, the habitat you're creating is for all wildlife. Um, you know, it, it's, it's really come full circle. You don't, you don't intend it to be, I mean, you're really trying to streamline it for whitetails. That's what I'm, we're trying to do, but it's kind of funny when it comes full circle and you start seeing, you know, the amount of turkeys I'm seeing the poults, you know, these, these baby turkeys that, you know, that the amount of numbers that we have right now, 
I drove up my lane the other day, and I just have a 32-acre piece. I don't even know what it is, something like that. And I was driving up the lane, and there's, you know, a couple dozen of these poults, these, these, you know. I got to say, you're pretty lucky to see that. Because- it's, 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 wild. it's been like that the past few years, and I'm going, and this past spring, um, I, I doubled up on what I needed for turkeys. I mean, it was, it was cool. It was awesome. Um, and when one morning, and I was done. I just hunted one day. It was just there's so many there's so many turkeys out there, and you know I just never thought in a million years that I could buy this little section of ground, kill three of the four of the biggest you've ever shot, and you know have everything I need in this little thirty acre piece. Well, and everybody thinks that you need a hundred acres. Yeah, you don't. Hell, I mean I know a guy, John Hennings with Hook to Hunt. What did he buy? I think he ended up getting right around like eight acres mm-hmm. with his property that he bought, mm-hmm. and he hunts that. I mean, I've seen it. He's already killed a buck and a doe. And I, I think he's only had it one year now, so mm-hmm. he hasn't done a whole lot of hunting on it. Right. But I kind of went down there, and he was he was uh, telling me where he's going to be plowing and putting a field in and whatnot for a food plot. It, it It's not a whole lot, but it's got everything there. It's got right. a creek running next to it. It's just right. it, it's down in the middle of a timber that has nice sunlight, like you were saying. I mean, it's just a really nice setup. Yeah, yeah, and that's... You know, back to it is we just create a lot of habitat for the whitetails, and the thing is we leave it standing all winter long, so, you know, everything's for wildlife has got food in those harsh, harsh conditions, and then come spring, you know, everything's kind of still standing. you still got some corn that's kind of out there. you got, you know, some beans that are hanging out, but they start, I'm not really sure what it is that they're taking off of those beans and that corn. You know, maybe it's the insects and things like that for the turkeys, but they really hit that stuff when it, you know, it starts getting around turkey season. They're fanning out. They love going through those fields and everything. It's just like, it's just so magical that what we started for the whitetails in the fall, you know, in the summer, early spring, summer, late into fall, and then come spring, the turkeys are all using it, even though it's all dead. It's, it's just so cool. It's interesting. And then all of a sudden, let's start all over. <laughs> so do you do you plow that back in? Yes. Yeah? Yep. So you don't, don't take any other equipment out than just a plow and a... Yep. Plow and drag. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Start all over. Yep. It depends what we're, I mean, what we're going to do with it too. So, you know. Do you, do you, uh, have you been experimenting or was that something that you just done throughout there the is, years where um, you tried different? There's a couple things we're working on. Um, I'm not going to say the podcast yet. Um, you don't want to give away your secrets. But no, yeah. no, 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 no. Um, because everybody can do it. It's just we want to be first. So there's one thing we're doing right now that we've been working on that will probably come live next fall. Right? We're, we're waiting on some logistics. We're waiting on some other companies to help us with um, product is what we're waiting on. So um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. So, you know, we're, right now we're, we're planning things right now that are kind of experiments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're kind of mixing them and doing our own blends. So, So I got a question for you. I heard the other day my brother-in-law was saying, that you can only have a certain percentage, I don't know if you know this answer, but a certain percentage of land that you can, so if you've got, let's say you've got 30 acres, you can only have like what, 20% of it is as, as food plot? Is that a is that a true statement or? I think he's talking about, must be talking about like for um, like some state funded food plots. Is that, is that my guess? I'm no, we sure were talking about private property. So he was saying that you can only have a certain percentage of your property as a food plot. Because I have, myself, I, I only have a few acres. I've got three and a half I don't know acres. what he's talking about there, to be honest. Okay, because I was going to plant a sunflower field for Dove. And I didn't know if, because I, I was saying this, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do sunflowers here, and you know maybe something over here, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, watch out. He said, you might actually have to look into it there could be only a oh, sure. percentage of sure. okay yep I, I understand what he's saying there so um yeah depending on what kind of yeah all right i get it but no i don't know that fine line of i didn't know what he's talking about so well i didn't know i'm not gonna get into it <laughs> you know I don't maybe, maybe it's something to look into too you sure know? i get maybe. it yep so it depends on what you're hunting to you know i'm sure there's some fine line with everything yeah but uh well, and then I wanted to ask you uh, to get back to talking about the deer. I know we got to talk about turkey there for a minute. Uh, what do you think is the 
you know, in your opinion, the best option for creating a large deer population, not even just big bucks and in a whole, what do you think would be a good step towards creating a larger population? Cause I've noticed over the years, I mean, since I was a kid, it feels like the population in this area is just dwindled. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of, a lot of big things back into that, but I mean, predator control, I mean, you know, we have bobcats thick now. We really do. Yeah, I seen um, one the other day, dove hunting. They're all over. Um, coyotes, fox. I mean, they're all making a big, you know, climb back. And it's actually, I was super impressed to see the amount of poults at my property because there were so many egg nests that I found um, putting cameras up that were broken into, probably from coon or from coyotes, whatever, fox. Um, I would say that's the biggest problem, that no one's killing them. Um, I've told multiple people, whoever it is, you know, not during obviously whitetail season, but after that or before that, kill everything you can on coyotes and go up there and predator hunt out trap all winter. I don't care. You know, we need, I want them eradicated. Um, they've ruined a lot of my hunts coyotes have. And, uh, I do think that that's our main problem right now. Um, with that, I also think, you know, depending on the area you're in, I think for a few years there, there was a lot of people gun hunting and during, during shotgun season and it was just kill everything. You know, there was, I mean, you got to remember those groups back in the day, you know, 20, 30 deer. I had a 20 person group, you know, the one year we ended up, we had a bunch of bonus tags because I I know Iowa does it. I don't know if any other state does it, but there's a lot of bonus tags. We had eight of them in our group. We ended up with 28 deer. Wow. And I was, I was probably hell. I was. 15 maybe if that yeah then yeah it was a while ago yeah there i mean there's a lot of big groups that kill a lot of deer and i mean that hurts and then you get a couple cold winters with that or some tough weather and the predators and then you know agriculture and then farmers you know just taking out ground and places for them to go and i mean it all is one big equation but what's killing them every single day what wants to kill them every single day you know humans and predators i think that's, that's our main main problem you know i wonder would be the solution for i don't know if you've ever heard of this and the reason why we have so many coyotes in the area so way way back they started killing coyotes in california because that's kind of from my understanding is kind of where they come from they come from out west Uh, and the farmers and hunters started killing them killing them killing them well they kept moving east and then now the way that the coyotes perceive their their what would you call it? Not a herd, a uh, pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they'll do their call out. You know, they'll do a locator for the group. Well, if they don't hear one, it's something. This is just from hearsay, from what I've heard. If they don't hear, you know, a couple of them or whatever, that they'll actually, within a couple of weeks, be able to go get into heat and produce pups in yeah. a short period of time. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I don't know if you've heard anything about that, uh-uh. but no. I, I've heard it from quite a few different people now and i don't know how true it is yeah. I, i've heard it on the actually i listen to a lot of podcasts i heard it on the <laughs> joe rogan podcast he was talking sure. about something similar to that yeah no uh uh-uh. well, you know i grew up as a big coon hunter so i mean that was my entire bread and butter my entire life and i always so watched fun. i always watched like uh monster bucks or whatever it was and um real tree outdoors and i just love bow hunting but i never got into it no one in my family did it and i got into it slowly and fell in love with it and the passion and i don't coon on as much at all anymore you know rarely at all which i really do miss it a lot um it just takes a lot of time i mean i don't know how you can be a full-time bow hunter and still have time to get out at night it's just it's, it's tough good luck yeah especially married i mean that's going to be real tough on everything but um yeah i just think i don't i just don't know much about you know predator hunting besides coon hunting to be honest i mean I've done a lot of coon hunt myself yeah. as well with dogs. I could do a full podcast on that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I love that, that shit. Well, and, and and you brought up trapping. I mean, how many people do you know that are trappers? I'm a trapper myself. I used to trap a lot, yeah. Yep. How, how many people since since the, the fur market just completely tanked. tanked? I mean, how many people do you know? Yeah. Uh, probably a, a handful. Ton. A ton. I mean, we used to, like, you know, when we get done with school for the day at night, you know, we'd go hunt. I mean, be 25 bucks, 30 bucks for a coon and... We'd Those be all night days. long. You can buy a beer, you know, and do whatever you had money for fuel and chew whatever you wanted, you know, for the night. So it was worth it, you know, now. And you had money to feed your dogs and everything else and your kid because you just 
skin your hides and then Greenwell would show up every Tuesday or Thursday in Preston and drop them off and have enough money for next week. It's just, it's what yeah. we used to do. It and now gas money, beer money. Yeah. And now it's just like, they won't even take them. Yeah, <laughs> literally. So Unless bad. you have a super high quality, yeah. they're already scun, flesh, stretched, yeah. everything. They yeah. won't even, yeah. They, yeah, whatever. It's tough. For sure. It is. Well, I got, I think I got one more question for you. Sure. And this kind of pertains to the deer population as well. What do you think for raising your chances of killing larger bucks? I know that obviously, you know, habitat, you know, where, I guess I should ask where you think between all of their areas that you would want to set up and be ready or a larger buck, you mm-hmm. know, what, what would, what do you think would raise your chances? <laughs> um, it depends. I mean, it's all situational. It depends on the ground you're hunting. I think one big thing for me is boots on the ground. Um, I rely so much on cameras anymore. Um, and sometimes that's my worst enemy because, well, if I don't see anything, well, there's nothing there. Well, that's probably not the case, you know? any boots on the ground. So for me, you also don't want too many boots on the ground either. You know, you don't want to just burn something up. So, um, like I said, it's all situational, but I think the main thing is, you know, trust your gut first and foremost. And really just, I take a lot of time looking at my photos, looking at weather, looking at pressure. And when these deer were moving through, and I base, I think that's what I, I really just dial in and when I think the best time to get in and get out is going to be. I don't just go out to go out. Um, don't get me wrong, back in the day, that was a lot of fun. But now, you know, I'm just, I'm kind of growing and more, you know, getting more mature in my whitetail game. And I, I believe that, you know, just really mapping out and being more, um, how do I say it, more persistent on, cracking down on exactly when and where they're going to be and going in and getting out. And now is that just knowledge of your property or is that no, I mean, whether it could be public, that could be anything. I mean, really it just depends, you know, where I want to go. Like I said, all situational, but for me, it's just, you know, cameras can only, only show you so much, but yet you have to understand how the flow of the herd works in that area you're in. You know, a lot of people don't really think of that, you know, the flow of the herd. How, how are they moving in out of these areas? Where's the food at? Where's the water? How hot is it? How cold is it? Which way is the wind going? What's the pressure like? You know, is it rut? Is it not the rut? There's so many things to get tied into it. Is there a lot of pressure from people? Is there not? It's crazy. So I was hunting public a lot in my first few years because that was a cool thing. I always thought that was something neat if you kill a you know a big deer on public and i was so adamant about killing a deer on public i was just so jacked up wanting to kill one and i really watched i thought i thought i had to go deep get the farthest away from the parking lot you know get way out there and uh jump in a tree and that's what i was doing i'd sweat and be burned out and get in there and um, i see some deer nothing i really wanted to shoot but then i get done for the day i'm getting back to the truck or midday i'm getting down and heading back to the truck and where are they at next to my truck literally 40 50 yards somewhere in there and they jump out you know, it's just like come on they're not stupid they see everybody leave the parking lot and leave and they're like no one's hunting next to the parking lot they're next to the freaking parking lot and it was just like you know sometimes you think too hard into things you know you get a really good point there because i have had situations <laughs> like that <laughs> you know more than once but no to answer your question i mean it's like I said, it's situational, but your best chances is just to do the homework, put your time in. I rely on cameras still heavily. Um, boots on the ground, I do a lot in the springtime, right after winter, um, when you can see a lot of their tracks still. So if there's snow on the ground still, different things, where their sheds are at. But, you know, I don't I don't want to hunt the rut usually. I want to have my deer dead, if I can, in October. I mean, that Halloween time frame, right before Halloween, if I can get find a good buck that I have on camera. I, I really think this year I'll tag out in the first week of October. Um, 
on a piece of that I know really well. So, um, so do you want to take them before the rut? Because once they're into the rut, they're just running so hard. You just well, yeah, you just they're 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 not in a pattern. It's just you know they're just they're taking off and running around, and at that point, it's just yeah. luck. Yeah, I mean, you just got to be out luck, there, and but you just, you're, you just got to be out there and. and you know, in a funnel area, a transition area, whatever, and, you know, they're going to come through eventually. You just got to be there at the right time, right place. You know, that's the rut. So, um, that's, it's fun, don't get me wrong. The, the rut is awesome. But, you know, the real challenge is, is when, you know, you're back up against a wall, just you and that buck, and hopefully it's, you got a little bit of daylight left and you can get into them. So, you know, I, that's what I kind of like, you know, trying to figure them out before, Again, that pattern of, well, I'm going to leave at 11 in the morning. I'm going to go chase some tail around and bounce around. I'm in the back of somebody's deck having a cocktail, and there he is just hanging out and, you know, eating on the bird feeder and chasing some, you know, chasing some tail around. So, I don't know. Um, don't get me wrong, the rut's fun, but I want to be tagged out before then, hopefully. But I got two buck tags again this year. I got a landowner's tag. I got, you know, my own private, you know, I got a, you know, statewide tag, and then, um, I'm actually going to be hunting Dubuque this year a little bit, Dubuque County, or I should say city of Dubuque, sorry. Um, I can get three does this year for an urban hunt and then next year get a buck tag. So my, uh, father, or my father-in-law actually owns, um, some ground in between, uh, well, I can't say it, I guess on here. So, um, sorry guys, but, um, he owns some ground up there that, uh, I'm going to jump on and check it out. It's so weird because I've never urban hunted in my life before. It's a new challenge. You know, I've killed a buck on the islands on the Mississippi. I've killed it, you know. I've killed deer all over in the area. And I've just said, you know what's different is urban hunting. I've never done it. And I see a lot of guys on YouTube, and they're having a ton of fun with it. And so I thought I'm going to try urban hunting, but the other day I put some cameras on that urban ground, and it's so weird. I'm walking through the timber, and somebody's grilling. It smells phenomenal. And I'm like, man, I feel like I'm in Iowa City right now, like tailgating. I want to chug some beers. Like I don't know how I'm going to be able to sit in a tree stand and smell somebody grilling next to me. Like That's going to be tough. <laughs> it's just end up it's super yeah, weird. Give me, give me one yeah. of them. But I'm like walking through and I'm like, there's so much sign. There's deer tracks everywhere. There's scrapes. There's, I mean, they're, they're going through. I mean, they're not living there yet because I mean, there's other ground around it. That's so much larger, but it's definitely a transition zone. They're going through it from one place to another, but it's just so weird because there's so many people and they're used to it and the people don't bother them. So, um, I had to do, uh, I think it's like, it's a bow hunter's, you had to do like a bow hunter's test or whatever to, you had to pass that. And then you had to get a shoot and I mean, what you have to, I mean, they don't want no dipshits out there. Just they wouldn't want a guy arrows. like me. Yeah. Well, they don't want, like, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm new to it. And you know, to you, the archery scene, they don't want you flinging arrows and hitting the side of a building or something, but or killing somebody, but so it's different. So, um, given the times we're into and, uh, the activists we have and people that are against hunting, I'm, I'm just worried that if I do arrow, whitetail or a few of them you know there i mean if they don't die on the spot like they don't just fall over and die they're gonna die in someone's lawn so i gotta get out of the tree stand and, like chase them down and like get and, i mean rules are rules but you gotta you gotta grab a tarp you gotta cover them up you gotta get them back a truck you obviously can't gut them there you gotta move on and, and i think it's just gonna be a tr- it's gonna be a challenge that i'm kind of ready for i probably won't do it until about late season is my guess uh, real cold I'm not going to waste my time up there until I need to. Um, but I hopefully, hopefully nobody's feeding these deer, you know, out of their backyard and it's their little pet because I'm going to piss pound them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably going to have some some yeah. looks if you do. Well, because you said, you know, you shoot a deer and it runs off. I tell you what, I've shot deer with 12 gauges and they ran off. Yeah. I mean, and, and a good, a right, good hit. Right, right. I mean, 12 gauge compared to an arrow. I mean, there's some, some serious difference and differences in the force there yeah. you know what's applied to when it hits them right yeah i mean but i've i've seen videos of deer drop damn near on the spot when they get shot with a bow i've also seen it in person with a gun I yeah mean, so that that's really interesting the way you put that i did i've never even gave that a thought of a of that's a, what i'm worried about the most is i don't want to make someone feel like uneasy or like someone's getting home from school and little Sally's yeah. little Sally's getting getting home <laughs> here drops a big buck or a doe yeah. right right in front of her yeah and you know it expires in front. I mean it's like you know what do you do um what's well, a part of life yeah I'm just hoping that you know I mean it doesn't matter I mean you put a great heart shot on a doe it doesn't matter I mean those 
things are tough. I mean, they can literally go, you know, pretty far. So yes, they can. I'm just hoping that I can just put a good shot and put her down and things work out. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm where I'm going to be hunting at is very legal. It's, you know, it's far enough away from houses that, you know, that's, it meets the standards and things, but it doesn't matter. I mean, feet to yards to miles, deer can do it all real quick. So we'll see. I'm excited for that, but I'm not going to count out jumping in on an island again and uh, hunting on the Mississippi. That that was probably one of the coolest things ever that I've that done. sweet. Yeah. I That was my goal the one year. You know, a good friend, Peyton, you know Peyton Walter really well. Um, he was with me the one day filming, and when I shot uh, um, one of the biggest bucks of my life on my own property, Captain Coke, we called him. And uh, we called him that at the time because I said, do you know how many Captain Cokes we're going to have if we kill this fucking deer? <laughs> He's like, dude, yes. And it was funny because we just got in like midday. And it was in October. And uh, we're just climbing up the tree and we're getting settled in. And I had to kind of fix my harness. And, and uh, we're going to start, uh, you know, he's going to start filming. And I'm going to do my opener and get ready to roll. And I'm just looking down, like getting my harness on. And I thought he was fucking with me at first, like being stupid. And he goes, dude, dude, he's here. And I'm like, what? So he's on the backside of this tree. You know, this big, and actually the time, so this is a locust tree, you know, a black locust tree, mm-hmm. which a horrible tree to be in, obviously. You don't want to be in that tree as a <laughs> yeah. bow hunter, but it was all we hit with me got provided. I mean, it is still like a guaranteed kill tree. Like this tree is perfect. And uh, um, he's like, dude, he's coming in right now. I said, shut up. I go, shut up. There's no way. I said, I'm, my bow's not in my hand. I'm just messing around, get my shit rolling. I mean, he's got to put the camera down. You know, he's got to get sit. He got to sit down. I mean, he's this deer's twenty yards in right now, coming in, and I'm facing the opposite direction, so I can't see him. You know, I'm facing the east, and I said, "Is he on my left side or right side?" I can't move. You know, you're frozen. And he goes left side, left side, and so I. Grab my bow. I keep, I keep completely parallel with the tree. You know, straight on, looking towards the east. I pull. I said, let me know he's within 10 from behind us. And I'll pull back. And he did. And I pull back. And then I just go to my left and go down with my bow. And there he is. <laughs> just right there. It was really cool, but he couldn't get a film. He couldn't film any of it because... There's this big branch in the way that was on the bottom side of us, which was never going to be a spot where we'd kill a deer because we'd kill him before he even got to the tree. It's not supposed to happen like this. And he moved the branch out of the way, and I was like, yeah, get this branch out of the way so I can poke at him, you know. And, you know, I don't know what it was, 12, 11, 10 yards, somewhere in there at the time, and, and shot him. And, you know, it was one of the coolest experiences of my life to have your buddy with you in a tree during that, during that process on your own property. It's like the American dream. It's like your own property you worked hard for. This one experience. And that year, the high I was on, after that, you know, that I was like, you know, I'm going to, I can, I got other properties I can hunt. I got other deer I want to kill. I said, I'm on a high. I'm going to go on the river. It's cold as shit. I'm going to get on the river. I'm going down, down the channel on the Iowa side and I'm going to jump on and kill a deer. You know, I don't, I've always dreamed of like, taking my flat bottom back up the river with a buck in the front, you know, pulling up to the dock and, you know, having a tag punch. Like, it's just like the coolest, like this most manliest fucking feeling in the world. Is it, it, does sound, it does sound pretty it's, It sounds pretty cool. So I was like, yeah, let's just go do it. So I had a late night and drank a ton of beers and I didn't want to get up that one morning. And, and my wife's like, get up and go. I was like, yeah, you're right. I should just get out of here. And I took off and went out and it was, it was during the rut. So, I mean, I had that on my side too, don't get me wrong, but got out there and got to the tree I was going to set up on. I mean, I, I scouted it quite a bit before and put a lot of time in, but I was going to sit there all day, so I wasn't too worried about getting out there super early, but it was probably 7.30, I think is what it was. I got to the stand I wanted to get on, and I'm just about to climb up with my bow, and no joke, a doe blasts through like my area, just like 15 yards, just crushes through, and I'm like, what in the hell? And you know what's going on. Something's chasing her. Something's chasing her fast. So I turn around. I'm looking behind. And I'll say, yep, here comes a buck hauling ass right behind her. And I just yelled, you know, as loud as I could, you know, because that deer was hauling ass. Stops. <laughs> Stops. 
and looks the other direction. I mean, they're just crazy. He's in, he's in rut. It's just yeah. like yeah, stupid, but turns his head the other direction. You know, I'm ground level with him. Super cool. Pull my bow back, piss pound him. One of the coolest experiences in my life. I see him run and dump like 30 yards. That's pretty and sweet. I'm like, I had this huge high. It's endorphin rush. Cause like you're on the river, it's super cold. Like you got that fresh, you know, this air going through your lungs and cause you're just huffing and puffing. And I don't know. It was like, the, if that was a drug, I wanted every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That feeling. That's what we're chasing every day. Yeah. And I just fell right on my back and just laughed and like, was like, this is the coolest thing of my life. Like kill the buck of my dreams, my own property, come out, go on the river like that on the ground, like ground level with them. How cool it's just to dump them. And I called one of my good friends, you know, to come out and he come out and help me gut it and shit and just take pictures. Cause it was such a cool experience. It wasn't a big deal at all. Probably one thirties, you know, not a big deal at all. And, uh, uh, real dark horn, you know, river buck and throw him in the front of the flat bottom. And I was going to fly up and meet everybody at the dock. And I was like, no, I'm going to slow down here for a minute and take this all in. I made this last like so long. Cause it's like, how many days are you going to have of these really like going up river like this? And so I just record as much as I could just going up river, going slow with my flat bottom. And it was just like this three or four mile jaunt going back to the dock. Is like something you'll never forget. I wish I had a drone, like oh, somebody droning, cool. like that'd going up really river cool. with it, and get it back to the dock. And yeah, I was just like, everybody's like, oh, this is so cool. Like, you know, where were you at? I'm like, well, I'd tell you, but you wouldn't even know because, like, <laughs> it's hard to explain. I mean, you're yeah. on the river, and yeah. unless you really know the river, you wouldn't know. And uh, just so cool because you're, you're driving to town, you know, with the flat bottom and the bucks on front of the boat. Like, just. So cool. Like, no one does this shit anymore. No, no, not and at all. That's what our old, you know, all the old legends, you know, from Bellevue or this area, Jackson County, Green Island, Sabula, they used to do all the time was they hunt the islands like that. And I know a lot of people gun hunt them, but archery hunting is, you know, that level. It's cool. Yeah, it's, it's cool. totally, it's a totally different experience. Yeah. It was just, I would, I'm definitely going to do it again sometime. Um, not this year. I got too much. I have too much running on. I, I got a deer. I'm really, really after on one of my properties. I lease. I got, you know, my ground, I got multiple shooters. I got um, a lot of things going for me that this year that I know that my goals are, will be will be good. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, anyway, that's my two cents on that stuff. Sorry to take you on a big journey there. but No, no, no. I, had two I loved it. diets in me. I thought, let's just keep talking. <laughs> no, no, no. I loved it. But I that's, I mean, to, for the, I mean, I know you had me on for the Gator Outdoor stuff. So, I mean, really, it's just the passion. It's really why we started it. And, it comes full circle on everything I do. So, I mean, doing this stuff and having guys here just talking about it, this is all I want to do. And yeah, we don't, we not, might not know everything. We're not, you know, we're probably cringy on the, on podcasts. We don't know how to talk right or whatever. We don't have the cool vocabulary words like some of these big white tail killers have, but we got experiences. We got, we got kills on the ground. We have a lot of fun. You know, it takes, uh, takes more than knowing a few big words and yeah, knowing, you know, right. Having a few cameras right. to, truly grasp what you just i mean to me what you just said there i mean i was just fully immersed and yeah. i hope the listeners were too i mean yeah it, it, it you know you can you can hear your passion right it, right it, that's what it takes yeah i mean we can go down you know a big rabbit hole with that stuff but you know that's what it's all about is is you know basically what we have been given on this earth in this time and what i've started with gator outdoors is just sharing experience of what everybody has in the outdoors and posting them. Like, yeah, we sell our shirts. We have our, you know, we have our gear, whatever. And, and we try to make a little bit of money in it so we can do whatever, you know, do some fun stuff with it. And it goes right back into our, you know, into our hobbies, our habits, whatever. But it's really cool when, you know, you got a father who buys a hat for their kid and they go on like youth seasons, you know, Saturday, you know, they kill a deer and they sense a picture and we post it, you know, and all their friends, you know, all his little friends or her little friends are messaging me, like, on Instagram or Facebook, like, how do you get a hat? Like, where's the stuff at? Like, it's all online, or we have a shop in Preston, you know, just grab a hat, and, and we send them a shirt with it. If they kill something, send us a picture, you know. It's all a part of it. It's no cost, you know. It's just, it's all just a little exchange that we have, and it's something that we're part of forever, you know. this It's more than just a hat. It's more than just a shirt that we offer, and I think that's what people, like, gravitate towards the most, but 
Um, we're working a lot right now on um, producing some more higher end quality clothing, um, like lifestyle stuff. Um, you know, outdoor apparel come this fall. We have a lot of cool like flannels. We have some jackets and things that um, we're coming out with um, that you can actually use. You know, hunting you can use it for whatever. So we we actually have uh, some really cool names for them as well that I think people really like a lot more than the actual clothing that they'll probably just buy because of the name of them <laughs> that we picked out for them. Um, they'll relate to, but um, yeah, I think for the most part, I mean, we don't really know the direction that we're ever going to go with this. I mean, we just do things and it sticks and things that don't, we just do it all. Um, and we're just really blessed because, I mean, in the outdoor industry we've been given and the time we've had with a lot of these other companies, we've, we've had, we've created a pretty big platform already and we're just some nerdy Jackson County kids that, you know, like to chug beers and kill shit really. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know there's a lot of people that locally here that listen to you now and it's, it's fun. So, um, oh, and I, I got to tell you, I did not realize the support of the community that we have here. I tell you what, I they all love, love this place. And yeah. people, you know, I've moved, I moved around when I was younger, you know, I was, did this and that with my life and I, and I lived in probably five different states and I tell you what, there's no place like home and this, in this place. And, and once I started this podcast, it, it reminded me of when I was younger yeah. and the support this community had for each other. Right. And it, and it reminded me why I love this place. Yeah. It's cool. You know, we're not trying to make it big time. We're all just trying to share what we do, the fun we have. So, but, know. uh, Hey, we're, we're, uh, we're kind of running out of time here. We yeah, we are. I have to get back to my event. <laughs> yeah. 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 We need to get in there and <laughs> yeah, I got beers, beers. Yeah, beers yeah. to talk about. Yeah. 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 So, so let's go do that. Um, thanks for the time, buddy. Um, this was fun. Let's do it again. Maybe this fall we'll have a little, We'll see where we're doing at during the season or something. Maybe some, you know, we'll do yeah. a part two series or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, we could. And go from there, but yeah, that Absolutely. Was fun. Well, thanks for coming on. This was for awesome. Sure. And uh, like we always end every podcast, stay safe and know the outdoors.